0: I just didn't feel that my work was special, Mm -hmm. that I kept comparing my work to one particular photographer. And it took me a while and a couple of conversations with some people to realize that my path is not their path, Mm -hmm. their path, not my path. My eye is my eye and their eye is theirs. And then I had to sit back and go, do I like their work or do I
1: like the access that Mm. they've What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. Music lovers are on another level. Some fanatics consume large amounts of music, attend live shows, read magazines, photograph concerts, and our guest in this episode does all of the above. Love for music was instilled in her very early, and her camera brought her closer to that love. She is all parts geek, music connoisseur, DJ snob, and crate digger. She is inspired by God, her children, and her love for music. She has photographed performances for Wu-Tang, Mary J. Blige, Maxwell, The Roots, Anderson Pack, and Usher. Victoria Sneakshot Ford, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, sis?
0: I'm good. I'm good.
1: How I, are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Pour my second cup of coffee. We're going to be up late, but uh, it's what we do. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, just want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, speak with me and, and to record and to share your story with the world uh really appreciate your time no problem it's my
0: pleasure giving you this uh time But like, well you know what i sit here trying to be all like yeah anyway it's nah.
1: my pleasure yeah <laughs> yeah you don't don't you ain't got to filter yourself man this is this is all family here it's all family right so uh vicky tell us where are you calling from
0: washington dc
1: dc okay another one from the dmv nice nice and where are you from originally DC. I'm You're
0: a from, native Washingtonian.
1: Native. Okay, beautiful, man. You know what's funny is like in in these big cities, um a lot of times people ask like where are you from? And I'm like, "Here." Yeah. But like, "Yeah, but where did you move from?" I'm like, "No, I'm from here." So it's always cool to to speak to someone who's native to where they live. Yeah, I
0: feel like these days everybody's a
1: transplant. I know. <laughs> I know. And but and, exactly, and everybody assumes that you are, right?
0: They do because for quite some time a lot of people never knew exactly where I was located because they would see me in D.C. And then like the next day, they would see me in New York and then the day after that, they would see me in Philly. So no one really knew exactly where I lived for a while.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's that's good. Just keep keep people guessing.
0: It was fun. It was, it, I, I will say.
1: <laughs> nice. So uh, I originally discovered your work back in 2016 and what i what i really admired about it was how focused it was right uh you do a lot of live music photography concerts and shows and festivals and things like that right um yes. and so when i saw that body of work back then i was just like how does somebody get there like how some how do you go from like picking up a camera and 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 being interested in this thing and then niching down so narrow to focus on like live music. I was always that was impressive to me, you know what I mean? So, your work has been on my radar since then. Um but you know, for the folks out there, tell us about like your your upbringing. Like how did your family view the arts?
0: Um it's it's weird. Like they didn't really pay too much attention to it. My mother uh who's now Deceased, but my mom, she uh, she was a big music fanatic. Like she was, the, she was the music head in my house. Uh, when I became, when I got of age, like maybe three years old, she would take me to the record store, and or every Saturday, and let me pick out whatever I wanted. Now I'm three. Wow. I don't know what I'm picking. I'm looking at the covers. All I see is the art. So the first record that I picked out, which I still own, by the way, is. Um, a soundtrack to a movie I think it was the fish the fish that saved Pittsburgh the <laughs> fish that saved Pittsburgh. Um, it was I mean, it's a pretty crazy looking cover. So between that, the record store visits and my mom just playing like the Jacksons and Minnie Rippleton and you know she played a little bit of Earth, Wind and Fire but she was the biggest Earth, Wind and firehead. Mm-hmm. but all this different music in the house, I was like, oh, this is cool. music is cool. It was a part of my... It was instilled in me very early. So, the album covers is what drew me in to like, for visuals. So, it was the album covers. And then when I got a little bit older, it became magazines.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then my mom also took me to my very first concert. Um, I was eight. And she took me to see Michael Jackson. So, I saw the Ooh, victory tour.
1: You saw MJ live?
0: I did. Wow. I had to jerry curl the match at that time.
1: You had the zipper jacket. You out. had the zipper jacket. I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael Jackson and my son share the same birthday, August 29th. Oh,
0: that's close to my son. My son is July twenty ninth. he a month
1: early. Oh wow. <laughs> nice. But yes.
0: Yeah. So then then my second show was new edition.
1: Oh, and your mom was going- lacing you. <laughs>
0: Wow. She, was, she was my concert buddy for a while. <laughs> um, she actually took me to see Jodeci. I love Jodeci. I love Jodeci. It's very terrible, but I'm a, probably the biggest Jodeci fan. Well, one of them. But anyway, uh, let me bring it back in. Um, so with the visuals from the magazines and the album covers and the concerts, I didn't want to lose that, that visual of the concerts. Like I wanted to always have something because mm-hmm. I was just fascinated by the lights and the, the set productions and the wardrobe, everything was just like, this is amazing. And beyond the music. So I used to use my mom's Polaroid camera mm-hmm. and you know, polaroids they don't have that many films. it wasn't that many, like eight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. That's expensive. So,
0: <laughs> and they were expensive as they still are. Um, so I used to use all her Polaroid pictures and they weren't the best pictures. I was like half of people's faces because I was a short kid. I'm a short <laughs> adult. So, you know, there's still some some struggle. So I would use her, let's see, the, the, code, the uh, Polaroid. Then I graduated and used the, was it 110? Then it was the disc camera. Like I would do all the, her cameras. And for a while I put it down. And I was like, oh, I never, I didn't think about merging the two for some strange reason mm-hmm. until a little later in my life around like 2007 seven, I'm, I'm of age at this point and I had was I was working with a local concert promoter in DC that did a few shows kind of up and down the east coast a little bit and I realized I had some access I was like wait I have some access here but this is also during the time of what DSLRs, and I'm like, I don't know how to work this. So I had a friend, her name's Kimberly Gaines, she was a, a fellow photographer, she went to Howard, and I think she, made uh, her major was film, but she also I think maybe minored in photography or something. So she had a Nikon D90, and I was like, hey girl, <laughs> can you teach me how to how to, take, how to use this thing? And she said, no. You can teach yourself. She's like, I'll let you use the camera. And if you're serious about it, you know, you will put that work in. And
1: All I was right. like, that's a good friend.
0: I was like, okay. So when I would ask her questions, she's like, nope, figure it out yourself.
1: Oh, that's, <laughs> so bru- that's brutal.
0: What If it was something really, really, it was something really easy. She knew if it was easy that if I just thought about it and kind of worked through it, I would figure it out. And that's true. I did. And but I had other photography friends that would help along the way. Um, this gentleman named uh, Jeffrey is Wright Will always like, let me use his camera for some Because I didn't have one So I learned on a Nikon So that's what I shoot with But I can figure out almost any camera now But my, my babies are Nikons So after 2007 Working with the concert promoter And he was doing shows um, With like Quest love DJ sets in the earlier days, or Bilal and uh, I would go up to Philly for the Black Lily. So I always had some sort of camera, even if it's a little film point and shoot.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: have like old photos from the Black Lily days and
1: Black Lily. Belial, I remember a
0: remember
1: <laughs> I remember you didn't Black Lily. I did when they when they brought Black Lily to to um to New York. these used have the Wetlands. Was it Wetlands or SOBs?
0: It was the wetlands. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was I was and at was, some of those.
0: And it was always awesome because you never knew who was gonna show up. He was always in for some sort of treat. But around two thousand eleven, I started to take my work seriously. Um, I was invited by a gentleman named Gerald Watson, uh, of Shaolin Jazz. He he put together a group showing of three Three women photographers, uh, myself included. And it was called Document the Fresh. And so it was my first show ever. I never showed my work to anybody. I was just basically hoarding files. <laughs> Didn't show too many people. And I did my first presentation. Didn't pretty well. At a gallery, sold some pieces. And I was like, hmm, I may be on to something. So that's how I, I kind of... Got into this early on and started, you know, going down this photography, music photography path.
1: All right. So this all this happens a lot. Right. I'll ask somebody uh, a question about an early question about how they got started. And Mm -hmm. and you kind of go into like a like a three minute recap. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's always like these interesting little pockets of history that seem to be. Uh, missing right so I always like to try to dig into those pockets a little bit right um, mm-hmm. so you you were taking pictures with your mom's Polaroid and then like you know other cameras and then you stopped and then you started again in 2007 so mm-hmm. what, what, at what at what age did you stop photography before picking it back up in 2007 12
0: 12 12 I kind of like, you know, I kind of went someplace else. Just didn't think about it anymore, you know. Puberty happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still love music and I still was attending concerts. So let's see, when did when did uh, it was around I'm trying to think when I would go to shows around like in ninety like the nineties. I would say like ninety Ninety six, I would still go to like nine thirty club here in DC mm-hmm. or Nations to see many Kravitz, Jamerique, I've seen the Roots a like, countless number mm-hmm. of times, um, and I still would take I would take little point and shoots to that sometimes. Okay. And they, they I was like, sometimes they came out okay, sometimes I was like, what is this? So, but it still made me go. It still I, made me
1: go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry I think so. I, what I think is was really interesting is that it sounds more like you are an avid music fan, concert fan who happens to have a camera with them. Uh, that's how it
0: kind of once was. Maybe not, not so much since 2011.
1: Okay. Cause, cause what I'm hearing is the thread for you. Like some people stick with photography and always stay like you could have, put down a camera but always been drawn to like visual arts and things like that and but you kept going to concerts and eventually said let me bring my let me keep bringing these cameras to the concert let me like document it more and more but for me it it, it sounds like and you you know correct me for moment, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you mm-hmm. tell you what your story is right but um like do you th- okay let me ask you this question do you think that you would be a photographer if Had it not been for live music?
0: Uh yes. Because I was still drawing the album covers.
1: Uh Aha. Okay. Interesting.
0: And and um like magazine spreads. Like Rolling Stone was my jam, and I always wish that Right On had better photos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: There's a whole lot of everything on cover of Right On.
0: I mean, but right on is a black staple, just like mm-hmm. Jet. But, you know, I was like, yeah, sometimes I want y'all to have a little bit better. I mean, I'm looking at this, looking at this Rolling Stone over here. They got a whole spread. But then again, Rolling Stone had a whole lot of rolling money.
1: So. Mm-hmm. And, and not a lot of us.
0: Uh, No, not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, st- Hopefully things are, are are changing and turning around. I still think there's not a lot of diversity in in areas uh, where there should no. be. So
0: no, no, that's why we still get. Uh, I'm sorry to say this, pale black people every time Annie Leibovitz shoots us.
1: <laughs> Ashy.
0: <laughs> we be we be ashen, and I'm like, and yes, I said we be we be
2: ashen,
0: <laughs> and, and you know I think it's horrible because I think she's a wonderful photographer. She's amazing, but. She doesn't. Ha- I just feel like she doesn't light us the best because she may not know how. And I'm like, you can't use the same lighting that you use on Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. or on Serena Williams. <laughs> not gonna work.
1: And the thing is, she doesn't do the lighting, so it's 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 a it's a team wide thing. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Like, but she
0: has a say in it. She does. She needs to look and she needs to be able to look and go, "Ooh, this don't look right." But I mean, she has already has this. She has this classic
1: look anyway. So she's just trying to take her classic look
0: and apply it to everything.
1: And yeah, it doesn't work for us. It doesn't work. <laughs> I had this one I had this one uh classmate ask me, uh he was an older dude and he kind of pulled me to the side one day. He was always interested in photographing boxing. And he pulled me aside and and was not not like I don't know, sort of it was like sort of between like embarrassed and uh respectful and curious, whatever he's just like, I hate to ask you this question, but I'm photographing these boxes, and I just don't know how to edit and tone for the for their skin tone for their complexion like is there anything you can any suggest- tips or suggestions that you can give to help me understand how to tone these better and I was just like uh you know i I helped them out the best I could um just based on what my approach is you know um it's not that it's right or wrong but you know i think i actually respected the fact that he he asked like what he could do to like mm-hmm. be able to see better you know in these images but i also felt like wow if it was you know if he was photographing white boxes would he still ask me how to tone them
2: no y-
1: you know um because regardless i was a better Retoucher and toner than him, anyway.
0: <laughs> well, he acknowledged that and he was like, "If I'm gonna, I think probably if I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask the best. Can you help me?" And it probably took a lot for him to ask that. Yeah, because we don't like to ask for help.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting, and I think um, if Annie Leavowitz would have sent me an email, I would have helped out. You know,
0: of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, hey, let me let me help you out, and I will help you out a little more because mm-hmm. you need some help. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Um, so my son is eight years old and he is into rock music, right? He's listening to uh he's listening to AC DC, Nirvana, Metallica, all of these artists, right? And I had to make sure I said, Hey, you need to listen to some Jimmy. You listen to some Jimi Hendrix, you need to listen to some uh, Rage Against the Machine. Right, I, I needed to. I needed him to understand that there was still black. There were black rockers out there too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now we go and we hang out at Gu- Guitar Center, right? Uh, so it feels. It feels like he has like this music bug. Um, and we went to. Actually, took him to his first concert earlier this year. So he's all into the music, right? Oh,
0: where did he go? What'd we to we see? took
1: him to see Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And um, he was at the time, he goes through these phases that at the time that was his band, you know, and now he don't even listen to them anymore. Right. But he loved it. Um, And I, you know, I hear this story of, you know, your mom taking you to the record store at three years old. And then that became your concert buddy. Right. Your mom instilled music in you in such a young age. And your mother now, your mother as well. Right. So Mm -hmm. how does music play a role with um, you and your children?
0: Well, their taste is totally different than mine, and they are not really the outside concert goer people. So when they were younger, I would play stuff around the house and, you know, I would listen to who they were listening to. Kind of like, all right, well, you know, this may not be my jam, but what are you like? What are you listen to? One of the interesting stories is with my son. He was a big 50 Cent fan, and I was not. hmm and I'm like, hey, kid, you're like, I think he's like, what, 10 or 11 at that time or something. And I was like, so who are you listening to? And it was, uh, was it Get Rich Die Trying Time yep. and the movie and everything came out. And I was yep. like, eh. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, my mom didn't tell me that I couldn't listen to certain things. Like, she brought me my Slick Rick album. And I'm just playing, treat her like a prostitute. And she's like, wait a minute, what did I just buy you? (laughs) Wait, hold on now. Hold on now. What what, what are we doing here? So (laughs) she, I knew the words, word for word. And she was like, "Uh, okay. But she didn't take it away. (laughs) Let, Let me borrow this. Crack. No, she didn't take it from me. She was like, I know you have the good common sense to say this outside around certain people. I did. So with my son, I was like, look, I'm not gonna take it away from you because obviously you find a connection to this music or to him. But what we gonna do? Hey, why don't you watch this Fela Kuti documentary with me? Why don't you sit down and listen to some of this cold train with me? So I tried to mm-hmm. show him different avenues besides this one like rap, 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 rap. So I just felt like, you know, it would be a little more well-rounded. Cause for me and my music taste. I listen to everything. So all the rock stuff you were saying, your son, your son likes, I was like, yup, yeah, yup, yeah, yeah, And then I also shoot that because I also didn't want to just get pigeonholed into just, you know, black artists, which is nothing wrong with that. But I also like ACDC. Mm-hmm. I like Iron Maiden. I like Judas Priest. I like... Um, you know, Lenny Kravitz is black, right? I like Lenny Kravitz. But with all that, I still love Jodeci. I love New Edition. New Jack Swing is my jam. Like, that is my genre. It will forever be. I probably just dated my age. I don't care. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I still listen to some of the younger people that's out now. Not too many of them. But some of them, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, uh, there's this rapper and I think he's in New York. Uh, Yo Dog Droog. I like him. Um, I mean, of course, the M.O.P.s, the Jay Z's, mm-hmm. all those people. The, the locks, the ditties. that are a little the, Kims, bo- the
1: boom bap era. Yeah,
0: you know, because I'm part of the boom bap era, mm-hmm. or you know, as they call the golden era. So, you know, I I like what I like because of whatever reason I like it. There, there's a lot I don't like, and I still sometimes will photograph them as well because sometimes the way my brain works, I'm like, well, I want to see. How your
1: audience interacts with you, mm-hmm. and see that's why that's why I was interested in, to to uh, just hear about how music plays a role in your family, because you know you, in order to be to do a lot of music photography, you got to be that's a, a lot of nights sometimes weekends right, um, mm-hmm. because concerts unless it's a festival, concerts are happening, live shows are happening at night. So you gotta sort of be dedicated to that, you know? And, um, you know, I see your body of work and you have everybody from The Roots to Mary J. Blige, to Red Hot Chili Peppers, to Rage Against the Machine, to uh, New Kids on the Block, you know, like, there's a lot of different artists that you're, you're, you're photographing. Um, at, 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 some, at one point, does it ever feel like, like I know you're gonna like some artists more than others, does it ever feel like you go to a show and it's like, ah, this is just a job. Like, I don't really like this this band versus like, yo, I can't wait to go see MJ. You know, Mary J. Blige, just rock it, you So,
0: know? it started to feel like that at one point. And i said when it really gets to the point that I'm just like, oh, it's just a job, I'm stepping back. And oddly enough, when it started to like ramp up a little bit and I'm like, yo, I need to step back. COVID happened. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this break, but it helped because when it, it made me appreciate, I mean, I appreciated it, but it made me appreciate it a little bit more the work that I did. Cause I started, I missed it. So I was like, I shoot shows. I'm not like, you know, the other photographers that are shooting portraits or things of that nature. But COVID also had me pivot a little bit. Uh-huh. So I did. I started shooting with a nonprofit called Dreaming Dreaming Out Loud here in D.C. They're uh, black farmers that are, you know, they have a farm here, a couple of farms here in the city. And then they're working on in different uh, areas of D.C. that have food deserts, mm. you know, trying to, you know, they're doing really great work. So I started working with them um, for t- doing their head shots and, you know, doing uh, photographing some of their like food items, like stuff I never really did before. Like that wasn't that wasn't what I did, but I could do. I knew I could, and it was really rewarding to actually do that. So I was like, okay, this is a cool pivot. And then, um, being that there weren't weren't any shows, nothing, a friend of mine uh, started a concert series at his house at his small wooden box concert series (laughs) and what they would do they would take because he lives in a really cool loft so they would take um artists in the dc area that a lot of people might not have been you know that might, might not have known about and gave them a platform to perform so if you look on my if you look on my website there's a couple of those uh posted from that series um big one is of uh, Jenna Camille who was an amazing artist and Dante Pope. So it actually gave me that concert feel again, but something still a little different and still wrapped in with music. So it helped me step back but still, you know, appreciate what I was doing.
1: That's dope. And this, you were able to approach uh, you know, working with some of these up and coming artists the same way that you would like an established artist at a show. You know, right? And, uh, and they get to be celebrated and and um, praised as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's 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 dope because um, you know, obviously COVID affected every everything and everybody, um, and being that music was such a it's such a big role in your life. Like, how how did COVID affect you um, professionally and and emotionally?
0: Well, my my covid story is weird. Um I lost two people really dear to me before covid. Not to covid, but literally my mom passed in February. And th- this is a strange story, but I'm going to tell it. My mom had uh cancer. So she <laughs> she passed away on February 5th. Mm. And the only reason it makes me kind of chuckle, because my mom loved Bobby Brown. She was, That was her member of New Edition. She's like, I like Bobby Brown. That boy is going to be somebody. <laughs> 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 and I was like, yeah, okay, well, I like Mike, but whatever. Okay, Bobby, yeah, he cool. But Bobby's birthday is February 5th. Wow. And when she, I was like, wait a minute. Really? <laughs> my birthday is 10 days after that. I was like, well, okay, I, I guess. So it it just it little things like that is how I cope with that and it makes me chuckle. Mm-hmm. But my COVID story was on March sixth and seventh, I think. Lauren Hill was in Washington D.C. and she was doing Black Girl Rock, mm-hmm. and I got hired to photograph her for that. And um, I also had an opening of a solo photo exhibit on one of the nights I think it was the 7th yep and I was preparing for my because I knew I had to do both so I had to show up at my show and then go work so I was preparing for that and then I got a a message that a loved one uh, he's an ex he was an ex but he was a very popular house DJ here in DC passed away And I talked to him, like, the night before because he was coming to the show. And I was like, okay. All right. And then, so mind you, this is, like, March 6th, 7th. COVID is around, but we don't know what it is. Everybody's having a cold. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So three days after that, I went to New York. I went to the taping of The Tonight Show. And I was like, okay, cool. I came back. I had COVID. Oh, shit. And I I had it kind of bad. So it sat me down for a second. And then I was okay. That was fine, you know. So I had the OG early stage, then came back around and caught it again after. But that, that was easy breezy. But it sat me down because being that I worked in music, we didn't have anything going on here either. So literally for a while I had nothing. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know what to do. So then I started cleaning my house. <laughs> I started cleaning my house, and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to take this break, and then it's going to be 21 days." No, so you know, like I said, I had to pivot into something else to keep me sharp. Mm-hmm.
2: I mm-hmm. started
0: taking pictures. I started taking pictures of my couch and different areas of my house, and then I started working with a the nonprofit.
1: There's like this exercise I've heard. I, I didn't. I've never tried it. Um, not intentionally at least but I heard this, there's this photography exercise where you have to take something like 100 pictures of your the room that you're in
2: right? mm-hmm.
1: or 200 pictures or whatever you set the number or you 100 pictures of like an item and yep. you know you start learning how to see so many different angles and perspectives you know Um, Mm -hmm. so that when you go back out into the world, you've been practicing how to look at the environment from so many different angles and perspectives. You know, it sound like you had an opportunity to do that. It's not something that you probably signed up for, but that's where (laughs) that's where um the the uh, situation called for. You know,
0: yeah, and then also I went outside more. I walked around like um, a friend of mine lives near a really big park and she's lived there forever. And I was like, wait, there's a trail? There's a big old tree? There's this, there's that? It's like new discovery within my own city. So, you know, and then sometimes I would go out and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to take the camera. I'm just going to take my phone. And then I also had the privilege to take a three-week road trip from here to Colorado and back
1: oh wow what, what, so, what was the road trip for
0: a friend of mine was from Colorado and he wanted to drive back over he's like he had not done cross country we would have went a little further but I had a wedding a friend's wedding to shoot it was in October so I had to come back but had I not come back he probably would have went from Cali over but it was really cool it was still in COVID time but it was really cool to kind of go see these other places. I mean, mm. I went to Ohio. It was, but like, it was anything like fancy? But it was Ohio, and I did a lot of fun things that I like. I went to the children, the no, the Christmas Story House, and I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I had a really weird sandwich in St. Louis. And so,
1: <laughs> but
0: it was so good. It's called the St. Paul. Have you ever heard of it?
1: I have not. What is that?
0: All right, I'm gonna tell y'all at St. Paul. It sounds horrible, but it's not. It is an egg full young patty on white bread with mayo, lettuce, tomato, onion. So you need to get it plain, a plain patty, a shrimp patty, a combination. But it, oh, and it has cheese on it. It was so good.
1: It sounds terrible. No, no, no. It don't sound that bad. I it could is, do that for you. you're
0: ever Yo, if you're ever it doesn't have the gravy, so it's not that it's not messy. So if you're ever in Saint Louis, you gotta try it. Saint Paul? It's called Saint Paul, but okay. it's in Saint Louis.
1: All right. And you I, get
0: it at their carry out.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll keep their that in, out sandwich. I'll keep I'll <laughs> keep that in mind for sure. I don't know if St. Louis is on GPS anytime soon, but I'll I'll definitely um keep that in mind. You know, um but
0: But yeah, it was so. Even with that, I took the camera, and so I I grabbed other things. I started shooting more landscapes. My friend had a boat. I was shooting sunsets. Just you know, still keeping everything semi fresh because I felt I didn't feel a pressure anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I missed it.
1: You know, I'm at a point where you know, um, sometimes chasing down this dream gets really exhausting, and Mm -hmm. you, you know, for me i would kind of get lost in what is the best approach um should i be posting more on instagram which i'm horrible at um should i be uh like i have so much work that i don't post um like should i be posting more should i be printing out stuff and going to like portfolio reviews um What's working? What's not working? Ah, this is the client. This is the best client that I should be going after. You know, all these things going through my head, right? Mm-hmm. And I stopped having fun. And, you know, I started, recently I started to take on, like, these different personal projects where I found myself excited about them. And I, re- I remembered, like, the early stages of everything that I, that I do is fun, you know, I'm just curious, and I want to. It's a form of expression, right? And then once it starts to become more of a job, and people are, are depending on me and waiting on me for something, and is that pressure? You know, it doesn't become. It's, the fun has sort of like dissipated. You know, and it sounds like exactly. you use that. You use that opportunity to get back to the fun part.
0: Exactly, because uh, after, again, you're right. After a while, when it starts to feel like work and it, it sucks the fun out of it and it's just like you're just starting going through the motions then it becomes no different than any other mundane job you might have had or had
2: mm-hmm.
0: so it's like how do you keep it in, how do you keep the creativity going like sometimes like I said for me that break was me keeping the creativity going I had to put it away to come back to it, but I still was doing it just on a smaller scale with the phone. You know, just taking a walk or whatever. So it when how can I explain it? When it came time to get back in the saddle, but it was still different. It's like, oh you gotta wear a face mask, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta stand this way, you gotta get pricked, you gotta make sure you don't have this to infect people with this. Mm-hmm. It still was a chore but I, it made me I still loved it I was like oh my god We're we're semi back In some weird thing If I But I still Kind of was like Oh I don't know If I want to do This big of a crowd So mm. I may not do I may not do This big show But I may do These smaller shows here Or One day I was like Oh I'll jump in the big one Because I'm not near Too many people So it was just all about Getting back Into a comfort zone Back into a rhythm Now I mean I'm back in my rhythm But I'm a little more selective with what I rush out and do
2: mm-hmm.
0: this is my break it, <laughs> this is my break now
1: right now, if you were to get a call what what is one phone call for a show that you would drop everything right now and just run out and go do? You can name well, a few you can name a few also um Anderson
0: Pat. Uh, Usher, Anita Baker, uh, Sade oh. we we will work through sickness for Sade
1: Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
0: Um, Jodeci, shut up, yeah. just leave me alone. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. but
0: Jodeci's like Jodeci's actually going on tour around my birthday, so we already trying to put that in motion a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean. But <laughs> I can't say there's one, like, just, like, one person or group of people. It also has to move me at this point. So, like, recently I photographed um, NPR had Uh their 15-year anniversary celebration. They did two nights here in D.C. I photographed the first night because one of the artists in there I truly adore. He's a newer rock dude you, you might want to tell your son about. His name is um, Bartiz Strange.
1: Bartiz Strange. Oh, Black Rocker. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: He's a Black Rocker. He was born over in the UK somewhere, raised in Oklahoma, but lives in the D.C. area. But he's get, he's been on tour with a bunch of bigger name groups. So now he's starting to get some recognition. But I just, I love his music. I think he's pretty awesome. So I jumped and I was like, oh, Bartiz. I'll do it even though I literally just 3 days prior photographed Barty's concert at the same venue. Oh
1: wow.
0: I was like, ooh, twice in twice, like, twice in the twice week. In a Let's, week? Do
1: it.
0: <laughs> Let's go. So, yeah. and if, uh and if Prince was still alive. Okay. I still think I would have got that call. I think I was somewhere in up in in up in line.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, there's a few things I want to go back to, right? Uh, we just spoke about, you know, um, life during COVID, uh, you know, and working through that. But, you know, uh, back around 2011, when you really started to say, hey, I'm going to take this seriously, I'm going to bridge these two passions of, like, photography and live music, what was one of your big, like, how did you go from making this decision to do that to actually... Um, you know being front of stage making images and and like what was like your first big concert or first you know um that 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 assignment that kind of opened up the doors a little bit more for you
0: well, that's kind of weird difficult to to pinpoint mm-hmm. because two thousand eleven I just started taking it seriously because of the response I got from showing my work in public in that first exhibition of that group exhibition. Like by that time in that show I already had um I had Amy Winehouse, I had Minnie Kravitz, I had uh, Erica Badu, like I had some heavy hitters in the music world as far as, you know, in my um in my arsenal. I just didn't feel that my work was special Mm -hmm. that I kept comparing my work to one particular photographer. And it took me a while and a couple of conversations with some people to realize that my path is not their path, their Mm -hmm. path, not my path. My eye is my eye and their eye is theirs. And then I had to sit back and go, do I like their work or do I like the access? That they mm, had.
1: Great question.
0: And so, I, I sat there with myself, and I realized I liked their access that they had. I liked some of their work; like they, they were no slouch. But the access that that person had, I was like, "How I can't get that shot." And so, I decided to change up how I looked at things, my perspective, and I said, "Okay." I'm usually shooting for, sometimes somebody was like, hey, come shoot my show. You can shoot the whole show. But it also, had I had to learn how to get that shot or those shots of those moments that I wanted to capture possibly within one song, maybe within three songs. And so once I changed my outlook on things and it's like, okay, I'm going to work with what I have and make magic out of that. That's when 2011 started, and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna go a little harder. Let's try to find an outlet to shoot for, mm-hmm. because I knew it was if I didn't know the people, then it would have been hard to, you know, get a press pass. It's not easy to get a photo pass to do this, to gain this access. So, um, you know, if you don't have a rapport with that artist or that artist camp or whatever, um, so you know, I think." Keith McPhee and and Tina Ferris for allowing me access to their artists. You know, I tried to make my work speak for me, like, oh, you know, Vicky Ford or Victoria Ford. Oh yeah, I saw her. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, she's good. So that that's what I meant by you know focusing and becoming more serious about my art. I just had to break it down and kind of decipher and look at it. Just think of it like a Rubik's cube. Mm-hmm. That's that's how that's what I think life is. I, life is like a Rubik's cube
1: to me. But you know, Rubik's cubes you can actually figure out. There's a solution to the Rubik's cube. You know, once you got all the colors in in the right place, right? But life, well, you, some like. No.
0: What? You gotta look at the you have people that have the Rubik's Cube that never figure out, or they get one side and they can't figure out the other side, and then they decide that they had fixed. By the time they try to get the other side, they've messed it up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it is constant movement and changing. Because I know some people that have never figured out the Rubik's Cube without peeling the damn thing off and cheating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no. I think. I think that also highlights that there's no right linear path, you know. No. I mean, for some people, there may be a linear path. I know some photographers who their only profession has been photography, which is like, fuck, how that happened, right? Where like they didn't go to school, didn't get a, didn't get like a nine to five. Like they just sort of like struck gold early. And, like, never turned back and have been, like, professional photographer for 25 years and counting. Um, that's amazing. Um,
0: it is. But then, you know, in this day and age where, you know, first it was like, everybody's a DJ. Then it was like, everybody's a photographer. Yep. Everybody has a camera. Yep. Everybody's cousins, uncle, aunties, ex-girlfriends, brother mother, big mamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're photographers now. And it's like... Oh, okay, but you were just folding clothes at H and M last week. Okay, that's fine. But the other thing is, you have to also figure out what is success to you. Yes. Like, what are you able? Like, what are you willing to go? All right, you know, you want the big contracts, or you want that that tour and that money and all this and the fame and whatever. But what if you don't get that? Is your life a failure? No. And some people say yes. Wow. I'm like, you have to... For me, I never looked at it for, like, the money. I always looked at it like, all right, you know, one of my goals was to be have my work featured in Rolling Stones. That's still a goal. I know some people that came out the gate, they went to the left, and they're in Rolling Stones. They're on assignment for and it's like, okay. But they also, they eat, breathe, and sleep photography. Like, there's nothing else. Yeah. I went another route. Now, had I, like, for one year, I didn't have a job, and I went the sole photographer route. And my mother was like, are you going to survive? And I was like, yes, I am. And I, I'm still here. So I did. And it, that I call it my nomad year. Mm-hmm. That was honestly, probably the best year of my life. I moved around so much. I saw so many different shows and performances and things of that nature. I was like, okay, this is really cool, but it's really also it's also really hard Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, I'll do this. It's like, yeah, one to two months, three months, you may be living high on the hall, you good, but you got some dry months, and if you don't know how to balance it, you don't sell your camera. You could do something you might not want to do. And everybody's not equipped to, you know, handle that life. Cause it's it's hard. It's even hard when you have everything you may want. Cause there's so many things at one point I wanted to incorporate with this photography and music. So I went through many different
1: Variations of who you see today. What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So, on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. So, can I ask you what does what does success look like for you right now?
0: Um, to be able to live comfortably, to be able to select, you know, pick, select what projects I want to work on or what shows I want to, you know, what artists I want to photograph if I want to do a little bit more with that artist. Cause I do actually, now I like portraiture, but I don't like the regular, I'm going to put you in front of a backdrop and we're going to take these pictures. You know, I want something different. Like, so I'm stepping more into more of the creative role of it now. So I want some of the behind the scenes as, and on stage, but on stage actually makes me feel better. Mm. I really don't. I don't care what you do when you're not on stage. Like, case in point, there was one artist that I photographed at almost every stage of their career. And I'm missing a stage right now because I haven't seen him in a while. But So that, that artist was Miguel. Okay. I rocked with Miguel from the very beginning. I remember him from Fatty Cool when they ain't like him. I remember that. (laughs) <laughs> and but I started when he had no hair, just starting out, and photographed him all the way up until this last album since he's had the locks and everything. And then I had a small feature on um New York Times online about photographing the music of Miguel. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, it wasn't it wasn't in print, but it was online, so it still mattered and that was a successful moment for me it's still for me it's the little thing
1: i mean we have to celebrate all of that otherwise you know um it doesn't it doesn't start to feel rewarding if we don't if we don't celebrate each each step you know it's like you look at like one of those uh gigantic staircases and like a a, a uh, you know karate movie or whatever you have to run or rocky is running all the way up to the top right and mm-hmm. you know you can get to the top and just like, yeah i did it but it took every single step to get there and each step that you 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 traverse is one step closer to getting higher and higher and higher and higher right so it's important to celebrate all of those moments you know um as ways to kind of like give you that fuel to keep going.
0: Mhm. And and the one thing that a lot of my friends actually fuss at me about, even to this day, is that they say that I'm, I'm too humble. And I'm like, okay, I I I agree with I agree with that because in this particular arena, you come across a lot of dickheads, a lot of assholes. And I've never wanted to be that person. And I'm like, just because I may be, I have a good eye. So does someone else. And someone else over here. Like, we all bring something to the table. There's enough out there, honestly, for everybody to eat. There's no need to be an asshole. So... They're like that. Yeah, that's fine, Vicky. But you know, you, you sometimes you're too humble, and I'm like, but well, that's just me. That's just who I am. That's probably not going to change. I'm comfortable in my skin.
1: Yeah, you can't let all these outside factors change who you are, right? You got to stay. You got to stay true to who you are. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, this one. This one dude. You know, asked me what I did. He was like a friend of the family or whatever. He was like, "What oh, do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm a photographer." This is before I really claimed, like, really took ownership or really felt like validated that I was a photographer. I was still trying to figure my way around the industry, but I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I, I take pictures." And he was like, "Oh, his dude got it easy," and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Fam, like, you know, what I mean, people." cameras, You know what I mean? People want to do photography because all they see is the fun part of it. Um, I look at, like, they don't see all the work that goes into it, all the money that goes into it. And it costs a whole lot more money if you're not making any money. So if you're spending money on gear and you're not recouping that, then that money, it it sometimes feels like it's it's, um, going down the drain if you're not able to, like... You know, make up for it, um, and I look at you know your work, um, you know, it looks like at face value, oh, she's just out there having fun taking pictures of music it can, It could look easily like that's an easy job, right um,
0: It's not I mean it's not I mean because it's like this. if I'm shooting for a publication or whatever, and the show is a big festival. I have to make sure that I have all my, all my assets uh, and deliverables to them by a certain time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got it's late night editing. And if it's a three-day festival, so you got to stay up for three nights. Yep. Because Lord forbid, it's a big festival. You're going to try to edit. And a novice will try to edit everything at the end. No, no. <laughs> That's not how that works. Like, I figured it took me a while to figure out what works best for me as far as deliverables and things of that nature and for me I do the show I come home, I call I edit, I send them off I want to be done with them, I don't want to sit and hold them Same I night? Didn't, same night, my my thing is uh 24 to 48 hours and usually most times it's 24 Wow and sometimes it's multiple outlets, so then I gotta select different pictures, can't send everybody the same picture mm-hmm.
1: Oh wow how do you choose who gets what?
0: Um, it kind of eh, it kind of depends. Like if I, I sometimes I would look and see what kind of photos they had before. So like if it's Ebony or well, I did when I did something for Ebony, I looked. I was like, okay, y'all don't have a lot of live music, so whatever I sing you is probably pretty decent. But I know y'all like uh, faces and smiles and not mics in front of your face.
2: Mm-hmm. So I
0: was like, all right. And then like an okay player. I'm like, they just want something that looks pretty iconic or they don't mind if it's a rapper with a mic in his face on one shot and something else. So, and then sometimes it all depends on how I feel and what I want to keep for myself.
1: You know, I did some live music photography here and there. Um, And at one point I was sort of like thinking of pursuing that as an avenue. And, Mm -hmm. um... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, And what I loved about it was like no concert is the same. Even if you're photographing day two of like, say the the Roots are on tour and you're with them for like four days and it's four different performances, it's going to be different every single night, right? And The the thing with
0: with them, um, I've done the three songs. And go with them, but it doesn't work for me anymore. But it hasn't in a while. I'm like, oh hi, can I shoot the entire show, please?
1: Oh, they only give you wait. I'm sorry, you said three songs and go.
0: Well, oh, yeah, that's that's the industry standard. But oh, can you talk? Can
1: you speak to that a bit? Because I don't know if anybody's familiar with that because I'm not 100% familiar.
0: So if you're shooting most when you get your photo pass, if you don't have. You know, like I said, an end with the production or tour manager or band. The standard, industry standard, is the first three songs, sometimes in the photo pit, And then after that, you can sometimes shoot anywhere in the house. Or sometimes it's the first three songs and you're out. Uh, Occasionally, it is the first song. That's rare, but it has happened. But yeah. So you don't get to shoot the whole thing wow. all the time. Okay. But, but with but with the with the roots, I I I they bless me and I have managed to shoot their entire set. And it's really it's fun because, you know, I enjoy I enjoyed their music. So some one time they were here in at a venue called the Fillmore in Silver Spring. And I looked around and I realized I was like and i'm the only one in this photo pit.
1: which just me. Oh, that's dope.
0: I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. <laughs> this just real cool. I was like, I like this. So, I got to, you know, I I probably sometimes can go on the stage, but I just don't I don't like to do that because I feel that the camera is an intrusive object. And when they're, if you're like you they your buddies and your family, and you, they consider you folks, and yeah, you can bring your camera back there. That's great. But I still feel sometimes everyone doesn't want a camera in their face mm-hmm. all the time, lurking around. Uh, it, 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 that's just me. That's just how I, I. Sometimes I feel like I put people. I could. I make, I put their considerations first. Like, oh, I can, I'm can. i a considerate person. I don't want to do that. And then, you know, another friend was like, that's why you may miss opportunities. Because you don't go for that money shot. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to. I, that's just not who I am. I'll let that next renegade kid come up and do it. And he may go far. Who knows? But yeah.
1: I mean, that's good. Do you have a certain amount of... You have, like, integrity with how you how you view the camera as as it relates to other people. Mhm. It's so it's so interesting, right? Like when I when I was doing some live music, I kind of stayed at the bottom of the stage and eventually I would make my way to the steps and I would just hang out on the steps and then I would inch up a, 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 another step and get another get another step. I hang out next to the security guard, maybe crack a joke, whatever, right? And then eventually I'm taking pictures from the side of the stage. The security guard already had a couple jokes with him. And now at this point I'm inching my way onto the stage. Once the security guard sees me up there photographing, the artists see me, I'm like and nobody said anything, I'm like, all right, cool. I make myself at home. You
0: you you worked it out. See, but people don't. a lot of I would say younger photographers don't realize that In these situations If you're shooting The security guard That's your friend
1: Yep.
0: Because if you treat them right They will treat you right And if you rah rah and all crazy Then nah you're not going to get anywhere Now for me I usually stay in the pit Or if there's a bunch of photographers in the pit You may find me all the way over In one of the two corners Because I mean if there's a bunch of people, you're gonna probably get some of the same, if not similar yeah,
1: shots, same angles.
0: And most, right? And most people like to play in the middle. I play on the sides. That's what I like to do. So if I'm not in the middle,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so, I mean, it's not an easy profession. It's it may be one of the easier ones, but there's still a lot involved. You gotta make sure when you get to the venue, if you if your name is on the list, if you've got the right credentials. If you don't have those, then you got to sit there and you got to hunt down people. Like, sometimes it sounds so passé right now, but it's hard.
1: It is. I I, I, I get it. I mean, you're on your feet for hours, you know, um, and sometimes, like, how do you juggle being a fan and and being a professional sometimes?
0: Oh, I can tell you, because I've been in that situation many times. Alright. I am slightly shy. So that's one thing. I'm trying to think who can I use in this situation? Um I'll use Miguel. It's been a while. I haven't told the Miguel story. So I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I one of my favorite Miguel shots happened at a at um Terminal Five in New York. Okay. It was during during the Wild Heart. Yeah, the Wild Heart tour. And I actually did not have a photo pass for that. And I was like, oh my gosh, he has feathers and fringe. I need to to get these photos. I'm like, it's messing up my thing. But luckily, I had a friend. I made a friend. Uh, His name was Drew. He was in Miguel's band at that time. And he was from Maryland, which is, you know, next door neighbor to D.C., And he was really cool, and I was cool, and he was cool. So we became cool, you know, followed each other on social media, kept abreast of each other's work. So when they were coming, he's like, I actually had a I was doing a um, panel discussion for another group show that I was in, in New York. And um, he's like, hey, we're in town. Are you in New York this week? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, I got a ticket. Uh, I don't know how this photo pass thing works, but I got you a ticket, and We could work it out later. So I was like, all right, cool. So I had my camera with me. And Terminal 5, you know, they wouldn't let you in unless you had your credential, but you had to go inside to get your credential first, Mm -hmm. which was weird. So I was like, no, 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 I got a photo pass. So I went in there, I got my VIP wristband. So I was in the balcony. And I had my 50 millimeter in a balcony at Terminal (laughs) 5. So I'm not gonna get too too much. Mm-hmm. But I got just enough because he decided to jump into the crowd and crowd surf all the way around the entire venue. Wow. So I have this really great picture of him in the crowd.
1: And and from that, from that from that from that angle, that's the best place you could have been with that fifty. Yep. So that worked out for you. The music, the music gods me. was shining on you that that, that, that it night. It was
0: like we gonna bless her, but I <laughs> still was able to be in fan mode. Like even now, when I shoot artists that I really like, I've learned how to control my upper half, and so my lower half is really like I my legs are like noodles. I am getting it, but you'll never know because my upper half is so stiff and steady. So I figured it out.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: How to, get,
1: how to keep that balance. I think that's also what separates the amateur from the professional um, where you're not going to keep getting called for work if you treat each job like a fan. You're like, oh my God, oh my God. And you're trying to like get the autograph no, I, and all of that while and, and no, not making The autograph it
0: is, the work and the autograph I feel is fine. I feel as when you think you're part of the crew. Like the entourage. Like you sitting up in there drinking and stuff. where you... <laughs> like that I'm sorry. Okay. I mean if they if they treat you that way and say, "Hey, you can have okay, you grab something to drink maybe, maybe snack on a chip." But I've seen people roll up, sit down, get comfortable, Down know them people. i
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, that's, "That's that's not that's not how that works in all situations." So, no. No. <laughs> And then again, you know, I just feel like if you let your work speak
1: for you, you may be all right. I mean, that's the first thing. The work needs to speak to you, speak for you 100% because you're not there to talk about it all the time. You know, you have this one photo, um, as part of the Roots performance, like you have like their track list taped to the stage. And I really appreciate that photo. I think it's a dope little detail that, as a fan of music and a fan of live music, is dope to see. Get a a little bit of a glimpse into what it's like for these artists, because sometimes you feel like they have it all memorized and they they all they're just like a, you know, a well-oiled machine. But seeing that, that that track list um, just served as a reminder that like they're, they're human and they they have a form of organization that they adhere to in order to make the show go smoothly. Um, and I just thought that was a, a a great detail to include in live performance photography because all we really see is like the money shots. The big the the strobe lit shots and the smoke machine and people sweating and jumping. And you just kinda looked down at the floor and saw like this this trackless tape there. I thought that was really dope. Um detail shot.
0: Nice. I mean, I take a lot of them. I just the, the odd thing about me is that I don't I have a lot of random photos in my arsenal that I don't really post. Like there was one time I was at Essence Fest uh pre pre COVID and I was able to sit in um one of the roots uh, uh rehearsals. And I went on the most scariest. So I I was on the stage in the Superdome, just like, you know, grabbing shots of rehearsals of people behind the stage that make everything, make the magic work as well, besides the artists. Um, But I have one picture, and I don't even know if he knew I was behind him, or standing behind Questlove on the Gem Lizer. And it's him, it's like all all the Superdome, and then him. Mm. So it was like him looking out. But the, the, that was the scariest place on earth. I was like, oh my God, we gonna, I'm going to fall off. Because <laughs> I was like, I thought the drum risers were still. Man, he's drumming. The risers moving. I'm behind him. I'm like, I'm going a, I'm to a fall. I'm just going to get off this thing now. But it was it was a really cool moment for me because I was a, a Roots fan since organic. Mm, wow. So, you know, and at one point in time, you know, me photographing them because they already kind of met me in 1999 because I was around when OK Players started and whatnot, and to capture moments of your favorite, of the, uh, your favorite band, like that's awesome. That's like a total fan crossover moment. And then you know, just building a rapport with some of the other some some of my other favorite artists, like Van Hunt. I was able to meet him. I took a few uh like portraits of him and we've been really cool. Like he's a really, really dope guy. You know. I, I don't even everyone's like, I mean, are you tripping off the psychic? I'm like, I don't care about his girlfriend. She's awesome. But <laughs> I I like Van for the music. <laughs> I we we're here for the music.
1: Not who he's dating, you know? But again, that's one of those I, examples where, like, the music has to, I mean, the photos have to speak for themselves. Like, you're not going to keep getting invited, or they're not going to, nobody's going to request you if if the work isn't good. But it's your personality that keeps you getting called back, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, how do you, you know, I'm just, how do you market yourself? Ahead. Like, how do you get work in this? In this field of photography,
0: um, I think I haven't been doing a good job since po- since uh, COVID because I pull myself away from social media sometimes. Um, but I, I guess in this case, it's, hmm, I guess my work, previous work, personality. You know, someone's like, "Hey, she's professional, efficient." on time, you know, all those, uh, all those lovely keywords, (laughs) but marketing myself, I don't think I do a great job to be be honest with you. Like I am the worst at updating my website. I think the lat the most recent thing I posted, maybe was Mary J. Blige. I've shot six shows, maybe seven since then. Oh, wow. Now I will post on my Instagram. You know, I'll throw a couple up in the stories and then, you know, maybe make one or two posts depending on how many artists. Like, even from what I what I shot the other night, I haven't posted that in my feed. I posted it in the stories, and my favorite artist that I went to go shoot, Barty, you know, reposted it in his story. So I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That made me happy. But, you know, at this point, I'm not trying to be... I'm not super competitive. I just, I just basically let my work speak for me. Work and name. If you know me, if you see my work, you know, yeah, she's good. She's great. She does this. She does that. I'm a very low key person.
1: You know, what's interesting is before I invite anybody to be on the podcast, uh, I look at. Uh, Instagram, for sure, but before I invite them, I take a look at their website and i want to see uh I want to see like a more complete body of work uh-huh. because if if I go just based off of Instagram, I'm not sure if the conversation would carry, and I want to see like that someone has photographed. You know, uh, a story or has a uh, has an ex- you know uh, pretty nice sized body of work, so that I can tell like how much experience they have in some of the the tr- you know the trials and tribulations and and some of the struggles that go into this craft. I want to you know I kind of look and see if if folks have had some of those struggles just by nature of the volume of work that they produce. You know. Um, So it's interesting to hear like different approaches to like posting on social media versus on websites and things like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, but you you definitely had that body of work, you know, and you know uh, a range of artists and uh, you know and covering the times a certain time span. So I was like, yeah, she definitely she definitely has experience in this.
0: Thanks. You know, I every day I try to be better. I try to learn one, something new every day.
1: So when are um, you going to post that new stuff?
0: Probably when I come back from Aunt Basil.
1: Isn't that happening right now?
0: Yes, um, but I leave on Friday.
1: Uh, oh, you you going to work?
0: No. I went last year and was like, hey, this is interesting. It's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. But this year, I'm going back. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna- connect and see how I can get a couple of pieces down here or mm. see how I can maybe if not next year, maybe the year after, get a group exhibition going on with people with music. Because nice. there's still it's still like a lot of music down there. Cause I'm going to this uh uh these DJ parties at are you familiar with Rich Medina? Yeah, yeah. I right. I love Rich. Rich is my homie. But he has a, a club down there that he works with, Well, um, I think he's part of it, called Dante's High fi And I'm t- going to take the camera there. So I'm going to... It was supposed to be a vacation with no work because I don't know how to vacay. I don't know how to do it. Every time I try to take a vacation, I always manage to shoot a show and get some work done, which is terrible.
1: But Leave the camera they home. have like...
0: Yeah, maybe I don't know. Probably not because I am horrible, and I booked a photo shoot right before I fly out. In the morning.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm talking to myself as well. Like I, I, oh,
0: need a camera home.
1: Need a camera home.
0: Never works that way because you go, well, you know, maybe i just want to take some family photos, take some photos. Well, and no,
1: I'll you know. I'll take I'll take my film camera. I'll take my film camera so that. It's more about like it's it's more about um you know just being very intentional about when to take a photo as opposed to like with the digital camera, I can just keep snapping, 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 right mm-hmm. uh, so I'm a little bit more intentional, a little bit more focused when I have a film camera, um which I need to use a little bit more, um but yeah Same
0: here. but with uh with what they have going on, like one night, I'm gonna miss this one. Tomorrow night, they have Rich, Ninth Wonder, and two other DJs. Um, and then on... and That's on the outside. On the inside, they have J-Rock, Maceo, and Quanic. And then on the second, on Friday night, they have George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic drawing his art pieces. And then on the inside... Um, I forgot who they have on the inside. Uh, Louis Vega and Rich. But then on Saturday, on the outside, no, on the inside, they have DJ Pee Wee. Are you familiar with DJ Pee Wee? I'm not. It is Anderson Pack. That's him? Yeah, it's DJ, DJ P.Wee
1: because you can get the dot.
0: So he has a, another persona.
1: Wow. So
0: it's Anderson and then it's Rich, Just Blaze, and Natasha Diggs.
1: That's great. Oh,
0: and that's crazy, right? There is oh, let me there there I'm gonna go back. Um, you were asking drop of a dime, who I yeah. would go out for. Yeah. Pharrell.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Pharrell is is uh he's one person I would like to basically photograph off the stage. And it could possibly happen, but with with him, our story is very interesting. Um, big Neptune's fan, total nerd head. I love nerds, and they had an in store here in DC when the first album came out, and I went. And I was staring at Shay's shoes because I was I'm a sneakerhead. I have all the bad all the bad hobbies in and professions. Sneakers, cameras, terrible. I couldn't just pick up needlepoint. But Shay had on some shoes that I'd never seen before. They were just some chocolate Pumas that I just never seen. And he caught me staring at his shoe food, and I was like, "Oh hi." So long story short, Shay and I actually exchanged numbers, and I was like, "Didn't really just give me his number." And so I called it, and they didn't <laughs> answer. I was like, "Oh, I was like he gave me a, a fugazi number, but then he called me back." And was like, hey, did somebody just call Shay? And I was like, oh. hi, hey. <laughs> hi. Hi, uh, Hey, it's the girl from the record store that was staring at shoes. Anyway, so we became cool so much to the tune that their bodyguard, Ben, when he would see me, he would point me out and be like, hey, P, Shay. And he didn't know my name, so he called me Baby Girl. <laughs> so he was like... Did y'all see the baby baby doll here, and or, or something of that nature? And so, every time it's a known fact. Every time if I see him, he'll come over and greet me, and it's kind of cool to have that kind of rapport. But you know, I gotta be a little more quick with the time because the times, you know, are short. But again, I am not there to push myself off on this person. Like I respect him as for who he is. And the fact that he's been very kind throughout the entire years to me and my children. But I do still want to go on tour. But he don't he doesn't tour anymore.
1: A tour sounds like it could be a lot of fun. A lot of work.
0: A lot of fun and a lot of work. Because you're but, always on.
1: But I think out at of a, at a, I would love to do something like that. Cause just just the documentary me, The report mm-hmm. the report the reportage side of my brain that just likes to be a fly on the wall would be especially when folks know you're there to photograph and you're not trying to get you're not trying to get access at that point you have access like that's your whole that's your whole scheme that's your job exactly
0: that's who you are
1: exactly like that to me sounds like so much fun because the the environments would change so much i know it would be a lot of work but at that point like it, I'm not afraid of a lot of work, you know. Like so, that sounds like it would be a a a, a dream, a dream opportunity.
0: That's the one thing I haven't done that I would like to do. I'd like to do tour photography.
1: Mm-hmm. At least once. Um, at least once.
0: Yeah, one tour. It, it could be a short run, a longer run, but it's something that I, I, I would like to do. I feel like
1: that's um, I, think, other... I feel like that's a young a young person's game. Uh, a young person with, without a without kids.
0: Well Let me let me let me in on, let, let me let you in on a secret. My children. Wait, I'm going to ask you a question first. How old are you? I'm
1: 43.
0: Oh, okay, you're close. My children are 30 and 31. Oh. So, yeah, I started early. So, <laughs> Remember, I said I put the camera down.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's why. That's one of the reasons.
0: Boys came into (laughs) play. But, um, yeah, I have my two at uh, fifteen and sixteen. Okay. But um, so now, like I said, they're thirty and thirty-one. I don't. I don't have. I if I have to go, I can go. Yeah. They They don't live with me. They live with their respective families. No, my my son is married. He lives with his wife. My daughter's in a relationship. She's with her partner. So, so yeah, I mean, a tour I think,
1: is a, so a tour might be in the in in the books for you.
0: It could, you know, everything works out right, and I sit and plan and think about and put the idea out and construct everything. You know, the work before the work, well, the work before the fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. um and that's what people don't see that, that, that invisible hidden work. Like I get off, once we get off, uh, once we end this recording, right? Like there's a whole other side gotta of work. You got to sit and go back through this. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some you gotta point. You got
0: to go back and piece it together.
1: You know? And, and I'm also, a, I'm still a working photographer. So in addition to, you know, getting everything ready for a podcast episode, there's is, is the photography work that I need to do. And, you know, but I, I have to do all of that after I spend time with the family. You know what I mean? So then it becomes like that invisible labor late at night or early in the morning that people don't see. Sometimes people just see the finished product, but they don't know that you were out on your feet for, you could have been on your feet for like five hours photographing a concert, and that you get back home at two in the morning, three in the morning to to call your images so that you can send them out. Like people don't see that. Because you don't have to, no. you don't have to talk about it, but that's part of the invisible work that is is not respected or it's not acknowledged, but it is part of being a professional, and some of the reasons why you may get called back for gigs because of that work that you do that nobody sees.
0: Right. So the last thing that I photographed, um, it start the first act went on at seven thirty, the last one was over one at ten. So. From seven o'clock till about ten thirty, because I left at a point, um, I was on my feet, I was working. Then I got home at like eleven fifteen, put everything together, loaded the images off of the SD card into the hard drive, and looked at the clock and said, "Okay, I am going to give myself an hour to cultivate these images." And then I'm going to go to sleep at 12.30, wake up at 6, and edit and send them off. This is what actually happened. <laughs> 11.15, I got home. I sat down. I loaded everything up. 12, 11.30, I started working. 4 o'clock, I went to bed because I just I got into the groove and yeah. just did it.
1: Yeah. And that's how it goes. Nobody needs to know how, how what your process is, but... All they need to know is that you're going to get it done when you say you're going to get it done,
0: right? You know, you need your pictures in 24 hours, and you got
1: exactly. I've had to. I've had before cameras had like the functionality to uh, like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. I used. I had to. um, I was taking photos of something for YouTube at Radio City Music Hall, and I needed to like the client was in the stands and they had they gave me like uh, a schedule of the different performers and speakers and and they put like stars next to the ones that as soon as I photographed them on stage as soon as their mm-hmm. set was done I needed to go dip somewhere and take my memory card put it into this dongle that I could connect to my phone. I had to shoot in JPEG and RAW So that I could access the JPEG images on the on the 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 memory card Mm -hmm. and send it to like I had to do some really, really quick editing, right? To to select selection. I know. Real quick selections on my phone and send them the client in the stands a bunch of JPEGs that they can post pretty much live. So like as so within five to ten minutes of somebody getting off stage the client in the stands had you know these images that they were posting on their social so it was like as it was happening pretty much and then I would have to go look at the schedule again the next artist is performing I had to go get ready for that to do it all over again I had to do that maybe about four or five times during that whole event and that's like that's a you know it was fun it was exciting, but it's 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 pressure, you know. And uh, again, it, it, it is invisible work, invisible work.
0: And all everyone sees is the finished product.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now that the pandemic has you know sort of lifted, and the world is opened back up, and live performances are happening again, uh, you know, how do you see your photography unfolding?
0: Well, for me, the, it's it's been unfolding for a while now. Um, it's literally almost back to normal. I have decided to kind of scale back some of the things that I shoot because I'm planning. I'm planning a couple of other things, still photography related, still music, photography related, um, but I, I see. I see the newer generation kind of coming up in my area and they're dope. Um I think I'm just a little bit more selective with what I do now. And I want to kind of pivot to that tour photography. Mm, okay. And, and maybe some more album covers. Cause I, I did shoot two album covers um, for a producer and a, Two, well, there are three producers. Well, one was like a duo, um, Jay Cyanide and Kev Brown. And then, oh, the I know other Kev, cover, Brown.
1: Kev Brown from Baltimore.
0: He's actually from Landover. But yeah, same dude. Dark skin, cat, glasses. Glasses. Nope. Yeah. 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 So he did a project with another rapper named Jay Cyanide, and I shot the cover for that. And then, Jay Cyanide has a label called Static King. And I shot one I photographed one of the artists on his um, on his label so I think my my photography is gonna to pivot to a few other things beyond live music but still within the music realm
1: okay
2: and a
0: book and a book i'm i'm gonna put it out i'm gonna probably do some sort of coffee table book in twenty twenty four
1: beautiful beautiful and last question oh what <laughs> that's great that's great i'm glad you you enjoyed the conversation um, what would you tell what tips or suggestions would you give a young person who wants to do the type of work that you do be intentional with your
0: words um, stay true to yourself, and don't rely solely on the praise of others boom, kind of weird right
1: no no that's that's great um I used to have this uh statement that I would tell myself is like i'm not I'm neither moved by the complaints. Wait, no, by the uh, by, the praise or the criticism of of anybody, you know. So it's sometimes hard to 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 keep that energy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if we live our lives based on whether we get praised or whether we get criticized, um, we'll be on a roller coaster, you know. And I'd rather just know that I'm doing work that I like. I I enjoy doing it. Like I I approach it with like this innocence and this um, curiosity, so that I can just create mm-hmm. whatever is coming from my brain. Um, as long as I'm doing that, then I'm in good shape, you know. Um, and not base it on if other people like it, because the same people that like it, like one time, like somebody might like it, and then you you show it to somebody else immediately after, and they don't, and it's like, well. What are you gonna go by? You can't just be floating around or like a pinball being knocked around based on if somebody likes it bing, somebody doesn't like it bing. Like we can't right, we can't operate you, like that.
0: You're never gonna you're never gonna know yourself. Either way, it's like, oh, I do this because people like this. And then all your work looks like that because people like that. Oh, I'm not gonna do this anymore because people don't like it. You do what you like. And no, everyone's not going to like everything you do.
1: And that's fine because that means it's not for them.
0: Right. And, then you know, like uh, for me, I have a um, a friend who is also a photographer and videographer. Um, and he he met me. I forgot. I think I was at the NPR for a Stretching Barbito event. Now, first of all, he wasn't quite sure if I was a boy or a girl because the one thing, oh, I didn't tell you this part, but I guess I have to. Um, the one thing I did when I first started shooting was I never, I didn't go by Victoria Ford. I went solely by sneak shot. Mm-hmm. And I did that because I didn't want people to know who I was because women get treated so differently in this profession. Automatically, they thought I was a dude and they liked all my work because. Oh, and then you knew was sneak shot shot it. And then eventually, I was like, surprise, I'm a woman. you like my work? They-. And I had so many dudes mansplain me in the photo pit. It was terrible. Hmm. And so I was like, okay. But anyway, the um, gentleman came up to me and he was like, I love your work. I love your eye. I like how you capture everything. You know, I'm a photographer. And, you know, would you mind looking at my work? Uh, you know, and I'm like, okay. So eventually, um, he was like, "Would you be my mentor?" And I was like, "I'm still learning. I don't know if I can be a mentor. if I'm still learning." But you know, my motto is always a student
1: because that's what you're going to be.
0: You're all if you close yourself off to learning, and you close yourself off. To you're, done.
1: you're done. You're <laughs> done.
0: So his work, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But after you know, conversating, and him's like, no, I like doing this this way, and I was like, well. You don't have to tell me why, but as your mentor, why? Like, what do you see at X, Y, and Z? So I would tell, actually, you know what? I would actually tell the younger people to latch on to a mentor. Or, you know, find a friend that maybe is an older or more seasoned photographer and bounce questions and ideas off of them. But still, you know, they seem. you can tell when someone is not in your corner, you know, if they're giving you constructive criticism, don't lash out at them. You know, listen. They may be on to something. If they're always giving you just criticism, you might not want to listen to them too much more. Yeah, <laughs> Something yeah. else is up. But anyway, so he, like, I saw a turnaround. We've been friends now for, what, over five years now? And his work is amazing. It was amazing before, but it's even better now. And I'm not saying that's because of me, but you know, he listened to criticism. He didn't always take the the oh my god, this is so dope. And I'm like, Yeah, it's 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 cool, but would you think about it this way? Well, what if you tried this? You know, I never told him it was awful. Because it wasn't awful. I was just like, hey, look at it this way. Look at it in a different perspective. So that's just a random story I had. That's all. This is Victoria Ford, and you're tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast.
1: I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned in to this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.